Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey, how's it going, everyone? This is the Go Long Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Hope everybody out there is doing fantastic. Hey, this is a uh, conversation that I had with Buffalo Bills star tight end Dawson Knox much, much earlier this offseason. We caught up uh, not too long after the Bills were eliminated by the Kansas City Chiefs in epic fashion there in in those final 13 seconds. So, uh, yeah, we talked all about his rise, the tight end position, um, everything he did the previous offseason, really strengthening his eyes. It all starts there for Dawson Knox and his mentality going into 2022. Really, as soon as 2021 ended, um, he was looking ahead to this season, which we're now kind of on the brink of. So um, you might have caught the Q&A online, golongtd.com. We had it posted uh, a few months ago. But I just figured here on the podcast, if it's a different audience, if you missed it by chance, if you'd prefer the audio format, here is a good portion of that conversation that I had with Dawson Knox. So uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. We're going to keep these interviews, keep these conversations flowing in the podcast feed, as well as all the dialogue, all the, the meetups that I have with Jim Monis, my co-host there at Hamburg Brewing Company. Thank you very much. I mean, where does it start for you then, Dawson, like your uh, your football life, like when you kind of go back in your mind to where it all began and, and with the tight end position and maybe when you fell in love with it, you realized this was for you? So I didn't start playing tight end until my freshman year of college. Um, I had been a quarterback for most of my football career up until then. Uh, I mean, the first position I played was like running back, you know, and defensive end back in fifth and sixth grade football. Um, Started playing quarterback in middle school all the way through high school. Didn't have a whole lot of experience because I, you know, had some injuries. Um, And then going into college, I walked on at Ole Miss um, and I knew I'd probably be making the position switch from quarterback to tight end. And I didn't know anything about it, but – Evan Ingram was there at the time at Ole Miss, and he was able to kind of take me under his wing. I was able to see what he did, and it was kind of exciting to watch because 
obviously he was like, I think he was an all American one year. Um, and he just had, you know, an incredible skill set. So it was fun being able to see that and see all the creativity that he was using the offense. Um, and to be able to see myself in that position one day, um, it, it was exciting to watch him and kind of get a feel for the position through what he was doing at the time. Man, though, I mean, imagine you're not imagining yourself as a tight end through high school and college. Like, that's – it's so normal now. You hear a lot of quarterbacks to go to tight end, but uh, that wasn't the case years ago. Like, when did you kind of go through that mental switch in your mind that this was a, a real thing and that was even possible? Yeah, I guess it was just kind of in between when I graduated high school going into college – um, cause I had a couple like real small offers to go play quarterback. Um, but I knew that I wanted to really test myself at the highest level possible in college. Um, and I knew in order to do that, I'd probably have to switch to tight end. So it was just kind of the mental switch from, you know, it's just so different being quarterback cause so much less physical, but so much more mental. And then switching to tight end, you know, you got to go block DNs and then you got to go run routes to get safety. So it's, you know, we always talk about how, you know, that's a, it's a weird position because you got to block guys that are bigger than you. And then you got to go run away from guys that are smaller, quicker, faster. Um, so it's really, I mean, it is fun because you have to be such a well-rounded just athlete in all areas. Like you look at the best tight ends today, like, you know, Travis and George, and they're just so athletically gifted because they can come in and block a guy that's 280 pounds and then they can go, you know, jump over safeties and catch touchdowns. So it's, it's such a dynamic position. And I don't think there's any, it's hard to compare the tight end position to anything else in football. Is that what you liked about it then? Or, or is there something else? What yeah. Did you really learn to learn about this position. Yeah, it was the versatility. Like, I had never blocked anyone in my whole life. And then getting to where I, like, started getting the technique down and started putting on some weight and getting stronger, I realized, like, it is – it can be pretty fun. Like, when you're dominating a guy blocking, it's almost just as fun as catching touchdown passes because you're imposing your will on someone else who's, you know, trying to beat you at what you're doing. And in turn, you're, you know, just – like doing what you want against the other guy's will is, is like, it's just fun. It's like a wrestling match almost, you know? Um, so that's, that's what's so fun is because any play you could do that, or you could go out and catch a route, run someone over, um, you know, stiff arming guys. I mean, it's just, there's, there's nothing that a tight end doesn't do outside of throw the ball, you know? So it's, it's, it's a fun position. Man. When you're learning how to block, though, like in college, were, were there breakthrough moments for you? Because it's if it's something you've never done, it, I don't know, it, it, and you're doing it at the D1 level, God, that had to have been hard. I mean, it, when did you really bust through? Maybe it's a, a dude that you creamed in a practice, a game. When did it start to kind of click and you really realize, I, all right, I can move somebody against his will? Yeah, um, I guess it was just – it was probably my second year at Ole Miss because I came in at like 210 pounds my freshman year. And I was having to block guys like Robert Comdici, you know, who was 280 pounds and a first round draft pick. And I was getting thrown around. I was like, okay, this isn't for me. 
but then putting on some weight, kind of learning the technique, um, there'd be a few days in practice where I was getting the best of some of the D linemen. It's like, okay, I can really do this. And just being able to feel the feeling of like having the right technique and then moving them backwards is just, it's just a satisfying feeling. that's kind of hard to describe because it's like, that's exactly what your coach should do. That's what it looks like on film when they say, you know, good job. When they say, watch this guy do this. And then you see yourself do it. It's just, I don't know, something satisfying about it. Um, so I'd say it's probably my second year at Ole Miss um, that it, it kind of started becoming a little more consistent. I forget. He was a sp- physical specimen, that Kim Beachy. Uh, oh, oh yeah. He's just unbelievable. Never really panned out, but, man, what a beast. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, he was a he was a freak show. But there were was, there was several guys like that at Ole Miss that were yeah. tough to block that definitely made me better. So you, uh, it, it works out. You, you enjoy the contact, the physicality. Were there any tight ends that you started um, looking up to, watching, um, even old timers that appealed to you? Um, yeah. So as I was making the transition, I just, um, you know, it had to. My focus shifted from just watching the quarterback all the time to you now I was watching, you know, guys like Rob Gronkowski. In my opinion, he's the best to ever do it. Um, you know, watching old tape of Tony Gonzalez, um, Jason Witten was still playing. I mean, he retired like last year. Um, you know, I think he went to like 10 Pro Bowls or something crazy. Um, but just really just the guys that have been so good for so long. Um, it was it was fun to watch how they did things, you know, how they ran certain routes and how they, you know, used their feet and hands on different types of blocks. Just breaking down film of, you know, guys like, Gronk and um, really watching the routes of Travis kind of were the two um, two guys I watched the most when I started you know, watching tight end film. And it's it, it feels like you've been around for a while now, but I, I guess it's not too long ago. I got I had to make sure to look it up. It was 2019, and you've been here really through the whole growth of the offense, Allen and Josh and. Um, how did you really kind of gain this rapport with, with Josh? It seems like you guys are pretty tight. Yeah. I mean, it's just every, it's just really everything you do. Like just in the locker room, you know, he's a great dude. He's so down to earth that it's so easy to relate to him. You know, we're playing board games on the weekends and video games, you know, all the time. And in the off season, I'll go out to California to see him for a little bit. Um, just little things like that, just kind of hanging out off the field too is something that's so important. Um, and then just getting the extra work in too, whether that's in OTAs during the summer or whether that's, you know, when he flies us all to Miami to get a week of training in. Um, it's really just it's a combination of a lot of things and just doing the right thing every day in practice, getting the timing right with him or his trust. There's just – there's a long list of things that slowly just start adding up to – building that confidence with him and then knowing that, you know, he's going to expect me to be in a certain place on a certain route. He's going to know where I'm going to be and um, he's going to have the faith to throw it up to me. And, you know, you know, like the time he, he said he was throwing it away. I came to the side. I was like, Hey man, thanks for throwing it up and giving me a chance. He's like, Oh, I was throwing it away. I didn't even know what happened. Um, but I like that you he know, didn't try to play it off. I was, I was... 
Right, right. So hopefully it's uh, little things like that that will just continue to grow. Plus, uh, you know, you might have to flip them off on the field from time to time, right? <laughs> yeah, that uh, yeah. Um, that's so funny, that picture. I don't even know how that happened. Like, it was – if you watch the film, I mean, it was so quick that it didn't even look like anything. Um, but, you know, I don't know what needed to work in here to get the ball going. But – Oh, it wasn't on purpose? No, no. I wish I, I, wish I could say it was. It would be a better story. Um <laughs> But no, it wasn't on purpose. That was the thing. Everybody's like, oh, you're all busted up and you didn't want to run the play, right? <laughs> yeah, because he was trying to call it off. And I was like, what's what's going on? Like, what are you doing? He was like, they called your pass. And I told him I'd broke my hand a couple of plays before. Um, so he was like, they're trying to call your pass. Like, we can't do it. We can't do it. We look at a play clock. There's only like 15 seconds. So I was like, screw it. Let's go. I can do it. And so basically just shot, put that thing out there. <laughs> You know, thankfully he was wide open. I was thinking I was going to have to run it in, but um, the play worked pretty well. So he was just wide open sitting there. So I was like, please just get it to him somehow. So, yeah, it was a funny picture with with the middle finger there. It could have been bad, too. I mean, if you were under a little pressure, if you had to kind of have a difficult throw, if there's anybody around him, you know. Oh, yeah, I was going to make it work somehow. Not a good visual, yeah. Yeah, I mean the yeah, the combination of the adrenaline and then you know some tordal and everything it it'll get you going. But um, it really didn't start hard until after the game. And gosh, that loss was a heartbreaker too. Just QB sneak with him. You know he gets that every day of the week, but somehow we you know just slipped. So that was a that was a crazy game too. We had a lot of games that. Um, could have gone either way this year that, you know, hopefully we'll get going in our direction this next season. Definitely want to get into that a little bit, but like the, uh, was it Cincy, right? That was when you kind of sent the dude into tomorrow as a rookie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The farm. Man, what was that moment really like? I, I think everybody kind of saw that and they, they would never have guessed that you, you know, grew up a quarterback and, was still relatively new at that point, but uh, you know, I almost had like a little cult following here in Buffalo after that. Play. <laughs> um, I think that is my favorite thing about the tight end position is catching the ball and then knowing that you're going to be bigger than the secondary. So just being able to either run a guy over, stiff arm them, just make them just embarrass guys, you know, like, so when I caught it and turned up, I saw him coming. I was like, oh, this is a perfect angle. Just put my hand right in his face. He was trying to knock it off, sit him down, was stumbling, but barely kept my feet. And then I saw the other safety coming in low. I was like, oh, geez, he's got a brace for this one. I don't know what happened to him. He must have slipped or something because it looked a lot worse on film than it felt. <laughs> um, but after that play and just kind of hearing the crowd like, oh, that was – that was probably yeah. the first little moment of like, okay, I can really do this at this level. Um, so that play will always mean a lot to me. And that's, um, it was probably my favorite play for that whole season. Cause you got to do so much stuff at tight end that maybe you, you know, a lot of people don't want to do a lot of, there is a lot of grunt work mixed in there. So when you've got a chance to uh, posterize somebody, it probably makes it extra sweet. Yeah, oh no, absolutely. We always, I mean, 
as a tight end, you got to pride yourself on doing whatever the team needs you to do to win. Um, like there, there were games that I had zero catches, but, you know, I felt like I blocked well and we won the game. So, um, you know, I think the tight end position is a very unselfish position because you can be jamming DNs to help in pass protection. You can be picking up blitzing linebackers um, and then blocking guys in the run game. And you can basically go the whole game without even getting a ball thrown your way. But if you win, it's one of those things where it's like, that was awesome. You know, I love that. You know, we'll take that every day of the week, um, which, you know, selfishly, competitively, you want to get the ball thrown to you all the time. You want to be able to directly – um, move the offense forward. But, um, you know, we do a – Coach McDermott does a great job talking about doing your 111th, doing your singular job every play to help the offense go in the direction it's supposed to go. Um, so it's it's kind of fun just being a – just being the versatility tool that they can put you wherever they need you to be. And just knowing that you're helping the offense do what it needs to do is it's a it's a pretty cool feeling. Where, where were you at at this point last year um, as you kind of went into the off season? Because there was, you know, everybody was at this point that hey, they're a tight end away, right? Or a lot of people, anyways, mm-hmm. it was a position that people wanted, and you were a name and a player that was easily kind of dismissed as all right, he's not part of the plan. Um, right. It seems like he kind of took matters in his own hands. Uh, well, so yeah, I guess one year from now, where were you mentally and, and how did you kind of attack that off season? Yeah. So last year I just, it was kind of just frustrating knowing that I was just an afterthought in the offense. You know, I wasn't really featured to do much. Um, you know, I, I was still playing most of the game, but I wasn't getting play calls tailored to me. I wasn't getting, you know, route concepts where I was the first guy Josh was looking at. Um, cause I really hadn't shown enough to get that respect from our offensive coordinator and from Josh. Um, so I just knew that I was going to have to build even more confidence with them during the whole off season. So it was huge for me last year to go to California for, you know, four or five weeks, get some extra reps in with Josh, um, and then be up in Buffalo for all OTAs, you know, getting all the routes and showing the coaches that I'm dedicated into, or I'm dedicated to developing into the player they needed me to be for the offense. Um, so it was just kind of a slow trust building process. And then after the first couple of games, getting a few more balls thrown to me and making big plays, it kind of just started building that confidence with Coach Daves. And he started giving me more play calls and Josh started looking at me more in different routes. So it was just a very, very gradual process that I would say started – basically as soon as the season ended last year. Really? So when you guys lost at Kansas city last year, it was pretty instant. Yeah. Just, I mean, I took, I took about two weeks off just to let my body recover mentally, just kind of reset. But then everything I did from there on out was with the focus of trying to become a premier tight end in the league, whether that was going to do, hand-eye coordination drills or going to do extra run blocking with some run blocking specialists or doing the tight end U deal. Everything last year was just a completely different motivation than I had after my rookie year. Cause after rookie year, I was just like, Oh, you know, like it was, you know, I feel like I had a solid year for a rookie. Um, 
it'll be cool. You know, I'll just naturally make another jump this year after having known the offense and gotten to know the system. And I was a little, little too complacent going into year two. Um, that I really didn't have that same hunger that I had for most of my career. Cause as a walk on, you got to fight harder than everybody just to have a spot. So that's what helped me so much in college. And then when I finally got to the league, you know, I was a starter as a rookie. So it was kind of just like I went from being a walk-on to now day one in the league, I'm in the starting tight end. So I kind of lost that edge of, you know, trying to prove everyone wrong and um, just trying to outwork everyone. So going into year two, I, you know, still worked hard. I mean, obviously everyone in the league does, but I didn't have that same kind of walk-on mindset that helped me so much in college and helped me to get to where I was at. Um, so it was really just a mental flip. I just had to flip that switch. Um, I guess it really was this time last year, just to not be happy with just being like an okay starter. I wanted to be, you know, one of the elite guys when the tight end position was brought up. Um, and that's kind of the same mentality I'm going to take into this offseason too. You know, just the second you start getting complacent as a second guy start taking people's jobs, you know. So it was really just a mental, just an attitude. That walk-on mindset, how would you really describe that? Like, what does it what does it even look like? You know, I'm picturing you listening to 8 Mile yeah. Soundtrack or something, Tony Waits. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, just as a walk-on, you know that no one expects anything of you. You know, they just think that you're there to put on a jersey on the sideline to say you're part of the team, you know, to get a cool picture to – you know, to show your kids one day, oh, yeah, I was a part of the team. But um, in order to play, you really have to work harder than everybody else just to make a name for yourself. So it was extra workouts. It was getting there early. It was running routes after practice with the third-string quarterback. It was watching that extra film. It was literally just all the cliches of being the first one in the building, last one out extra lifts, extra film work. Um, really, you just couldn't do enough extra to kind of catch up to where everybody else was. So that was just – it started becoming like a normal routine for me, and I used that all the way through college, and that worked wonders for me. Um, you know, I think I'm a better player today because of the whole walk-on experience. I mean, we would finish practice, and the walk-ons would have to get a to-go box in the cafeteria. We weren't even allowed to sit down and eat with the team. So it was kind of just uh, like it, it was some weird NCAA regulation. It wasn't it wasn't Ole Miss's fault, but um, it was just one of those things where it was just like an extra motivation. You know, it's like I'm here to prove everybody wrong, and there's a couple people that have believed in me. I want to prove them right, but for the majority of it, no one expects anything of walk on. So um, it was kind of fun to start turning some heads and start seeing like, Oh wow, this guy's a walk on. And you know, it was kind of, it was kind of fun to be the underdog story. And last off season, I mean, from afar, it seemed like you had reasons to feel doubted and reasons to get pissed off and kind of get that feeling. I, I mean, the GM right at the press conference, didn't he say, you know, mm-hmm. we need a tight end or I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, he was, yeah. He said to get yeah. more out of that. Right. He, he said, I think um, we don't have a tight end that defenses fear or something like fear. that. Something along yeah. those lines. And that it was kind of just it, it was really that that kind of relit that competitive spirit of like, 
all right, you know, I, I came into the league and it was a little, I mean, it wasn't easy, but it was like, I didn't have to work as hard as I had in the past. Um, and that just kind of relit that fire of, okay, yeah, I need to really go back to that dog mentality of I'm outworking everyone. I'm going to prove everyone wrong. Um, so I kind of needed that. Like that is something that really motivated me and I'm going to do my best the rest of my career to really remember that feeling. Cause that, that motivation, that competitiveness is what I think will drive people to be the best player they can possibly be. Were you pissed off when you heard that? <laughs> no. Yeah. Upset. I mean, yeah. The being pissed about it has to, like that's the greatest motivation you can have is like that anger of people either saying things. I never really read the media deal. Like I never, I don't like look at all the tweets or comments and stuff. Cause that's just, you know, poisonous to begin with, whether it's good or bad. Um, mm -hmm. You can't really read it in the media, but when your own GM says something like, Oh, you know, we need to find a tight end. That'll be a weapon that defense is fear. I was like, all right, you know, it's time to go. Um, so that was that was huge for me. I'm glad he said that. <laughs> yeah, and I felt like all off season long, it was like the was on Tinder trying to swipe right on Zach Ertz nonstop. You know, it was just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Constant. That was, I mean, that's, constant. Yeah, that was one of those things. It's like, you know, you can't control anything like that. So, you know, if they brought Zach in, I was actually kind of part of me wanted them to bring him in because I, I knew that would just elevate my plates too. Um, and I was kind of excited to compete with them because I thought it was going to happen the way everyone was talking about it. Um, but then, you know, going into camp, you know, we had our meetings with the whole front office and with the coaches and they were like, you know, you're our guy. We're ready to see what you got. We got all the faith in the world in you. So I was like, all right, well, I guess they're not bringing them in. Time to go to work. Um, but part of me wanted to bring them in because I – you know, wanted to say that I beat out Zach Ertz for the starting job. So, um, obviously, he's been such a great player for so long, and he had a, you know, great year in Arizona this year. But um, I was kind of looking forward to that. That's interesting, yeah. I mean, you really – as you said it, and then part of you wonders, like, okay, he's saying this, but what else is what else is Dawson going to say? But that was real. Like, he, Yeah, like in – Back in college, obviously coming in behind an All-American, um, I knew that it would take some serious, serious work to get to his level. But then when he left, um, they brought in three tight ends in the same recruiting class. So I was, I think, going into my redshirt sophomore year. Um, so I was going into my third season, and then they brought in three guys – that were all like, I think it was three, four stars, all at tight end. And so I was like, all right, it's time to beat all these guys out. Um, and so it was, it's just kind of that competition that'll fuel any athlete to be in the best they can be. You know, the better the room is, the better the player is going to be. It just elevates the level of competition. You know, on this book, I, I talked to Ozzie Newsome, Tony Gonzalez, and we talked about their hands. You know, they've got legendary hands. Like Ozzy, I think, had one drop in practice and games and just never did. Tony had a bunch of drops the second year, cleaned it up, and, uh, you know, he was incredible the rest of the way. But they, they are – everybody's quick to say it's not necessarily the hands, it's the eyes. I mean, it seemed like that was something that kind of hit you this offseason. It's, 
you know, we, we all were enamored by the hands, but it's looking it in. It's eye discipline. What did you really learn down those lines when you, when you hooked up uh, with the eye specialist? Where was, I mean, just take that wherever you want to go. Cause it seems like that really opened things up for you too. Yeah. So that was, um, yeah. So that was definitely an area I wanted to improve. Cause I was, you know, making the hard catches, but it would come down to the easy catches to where I would start looking up field ready to make a guy miss and drop the easy ones. Um, so that was something that I just had to reevaluate because you could like see clips of like the ball not even being secured yet with me looking up field to find a safety to go run over. You know, it wasn't. And then the tough catches, it, it made, you know, I made most of the tough catches because I was so focused on trying to catch it. Um, so going, the guy's name was Ryan Harrison. Um, I'll probably go out there for another week this, this year just to kind of, you know, get everything back on track. Um, but he, uh, I think his company is called Neurodynamic Vision, NDV. Um, I'll have to look up the specifics, but um, he was awesome. Like, you know, you never really think of your eyes as muscles, but it's really something you can train. So there were so many different, like there was like a screen where, you know, you touch things and then different like objects that he would throw that you have to catch and like look at a certain color or a number on there. Um, it was just stuff I'd never seen before. Um, and it was weird. Like after the session was over, you feel like actually fatigued because the muscles in your eyes have been so hard, have been working so hard that it was just a weird feeling because you never really notice how tired your eyes can get. Um, really? Yeah. So it was just tracking slow moving things to fast moving objects to, you know, two objects at once, just all, all these little things that, um, when I first started with them, they were super tough. And then at the end of the month, at the end of the, I think it was about five weeks after the five weeks were over, like some of the drills that we were doing at first became second nature. Like it was easy. Um, so it was, it was really fun to see that quick, that progress, you know, come so quick, but he also sent me home with a few things to do on my own that I was doing most of the season. Like I got this, it's, it's called like Robo Pong where it's basically a jug machine with ping pong balls that'll shoot out at you with different spin on them. So you really have to work on catching um, just little different things like that. Like it just came out in different ways, like a knuckleball. Yeah. Or like whatever. It, yeah. You can hit someone on the remote. It'll come with like side spin or top spin or, you know, float up. And it's, you know, you think about catching ping pong balls is maybe it being easy, but those things you, you really got to concentrate to to catch it so it was, that was something that was huge for me and what would you have to hit on a screen what was that exactly there were just a couple different like computer deals where like there'd be like four or five balls moving around um, with different numbers and then you like it would start with like three of the six balls were highlighted and then they would all turn the same color, move around, and then at the end, you'd have to pick which ones were highlighted or which ones were highlighted. Um, so it's just kind of using your peripheral vision too to kind of track multiple things at once. And then there's this huge touch screen with little things that would pop up, and you had to hit them in time, or you know, it wouldn't like it was like these little things would go from green to slowly to red, and if they got to red, the game would be over. So you, it was just working on all these different hand ideals. And it was really about using your eyes more than anything. Um, so it was cool to just to see all those different tools he had.
I can't remember when, when were you there again in the off season? What point of the off season? Um, I think it was, I think it was most of March last year. Um, okay. Kind of early. Yeah. It was like, it was kind of like middle of March through the middle of April. Um, Cause we had to go back to Buffalo um, April 20th. And I think I was in California all the way to like April 16th or something. So it was kind of the middle of March. What's that? I'm sorry. You like you saw it apply to football, like when you were on the field in practice. Like your your eyes were just you were seeing a different game, literally. Yeah, absolutely. And you could feel the game slow down too. Just that was another big thing. Just being third year in the same system, knowing the plays, knowing where to line up as soon as the play was called, and then from there being able to go to the second progression of like reading the defense Um, because my rookie year and even my second year I was so focused on just getting lined up in the right spot and running the right route that I wasn't I wasn't really seeing what the defense was doing so being able to have that slow down for me too was huge and then just having the confidence of Josh and every time he threw to me I knew I was going to catch it and and that's something also that people won't talk about a lot but it, it really is a confidence thing you know if you tell yourself you can do it you know, you're probably going to do it. But if you're thinking, oh, gosh, don't mess up, that's the first thing on your mind is actually messing up. So um, it, it was just a weird – it's just a mental switch that I think was the biggest thing for me. And the year before, were you in that place of don't screw up maybe too much? Oh, for like, sure, yeah. Okay. Like, especially my rookie year, I mean, at all Miss, we probably had like 20 total plays in the playbook. So it was all – fast pace, get the signal, go. So it was pretty easy. But then it was like going from, you know, kindergarten math to college calculus. Um, it was just such a tough switch. Like I studied more that summer trying to learn the playbook than I did for most of my college classes. Like it was, it was, it was tough. Like I just learning. Man. I mean, we, we have like 10 different cadences, you know, that just that alone is, you know, tough but um yeah so I was really just thinking oh gosh make sure you're in the right spot don't mess up the route so I was just kind of thinking about doing my job you know making sure I didn't mess up instead of going out there and being the player that I know I can be and having the you know being the difference maker when it comes to just making plays or you know just going out there and being athletic instead of just going out there and trying to be a robot and doing your job uh, the KC game early on, obviously, is it was a breakthrough moment, right? I mean, maybe that's when the confidence kind of exploded. Um, yeah, yeah, the first KC game this year. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, the first one, obviously. Yep. Um, yeah, I'd say the biggest, probably the biggest moment um, was, God, I honestly can't. I think it was the Texans game. It was like a third and long in the red zone. Josh kind of threw me a back shoulder on a fade, and I was able to go up and catch it for the touchdown. Um, That was kind of the first play this year where I was like, all right, I'm starting to see the results I wanted to get, and I'm making the plays that I know I can make. And that's what was so frustrating for me is, like, I knew – like, I've always known what I can do as a tight end. I just wasn't getting the results that I had wanted. Um, so that that play, that little back shoulder fade was the first one where I was like, okay, it's, you know, it's time to 
keep making these plays and keep showing everybody that this is what I can do on a weekly basis. What's the next step then? You proved that you are the starter and you should be getting even more targets. What is that next step for you, you think? I think it's just doing exactly or just having the same exact mindset as I did last offseason. I don't think it's anything in particular like, okay, now I need to go see this specialist or now I need to, you know, go spend X amount of days with Josh. I think it's just the mindset. It's like don't lose the hunger streak that I had last year. Um, So really just keeping that same mind space of I still need to prove people wrong. I still am not where I want to be as a player uh, because I do know that I want to, you know, be – in the conversation with the elite of the elite at the position. Um, and that's something that I plan on doing going to the next year too. Yeah. Is that realistic? I mean, we're talking Kittle, Kelsey, Ox, that stratosphere. Yeah. I mean, I would, you know, I don't think anybody at this level would say that they don't want to be elite, you know, like I want to be in that conversation with those top three or four guys. And I think, you know, I think that's tangible for me, and I think that's definitely a goal that I want to have going into the season. Your catch rate, I didn't realize it was so good, 69%. I mean, you only had 71 targets. So Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Nice. <laughs> Walked right into that one. Um, <laughs> I don't know much more proof anybody needs to see that the team's going to change, right? It's going to be harder to keep this group together. You know, who knows what happens with contracts and players, but as shit kind of changes um, – your role could elevate too, it seems. Yeah. Um, kind of like what I touched on earlier, it's you just have to be unselfish to be a tight end, you know? Um, like personally, selfishly, I want, you know, 10 catches a game. You know, I want Josh to be targeting me every other route, you know, but that's just not realistic. So, and all the all the other like contract stuff is just something that's out of my reach um and something that I can't control so I don't want to be thinking oh you know maybe we'll lose this receiver or you know maybe you know we lose just key parts of the offense that elevate my role I just got to think that you know I'm going to do whatever I'm called upon to do and my goal is to be called upon to do a lot for the offense you know I want to be a dynamic weapon that can be used to make defenses just just be a defensive coordinator's nightmare. You know, I don't I want to be able to line up anywhere and do anything um, just to keep the defense guessing. I think that's what can help an offense so much. What do you think it is that separates you from even other great tight ends in the league? If you could point to one thing. Um, you know, I do feel like I can get the job done while blocking, but I also feel like I can, you know, run with anybody. Um I think just like it's, I don't know. It's, I think really my speed is what can mm-hmm. separate me a little bit. Um, you know, whether I'm having to go run a go ball against the corner or, you know, running across the field with the safety trail on me, um, I feel like I can create separation against anybody. So um, that's something I want to keep working on. And that's something I definitely want to, you know, continue to display a little bit we had a lot anything else that you want people to really know about you Dawson that maybe we didn't touch on 
Yeah, I told you about basically never playing in high school, a couple of injuries. I was a starter for one quarter or two quarters. Um, I was undersized my whole first three years, kind of a backup, getting trash minutes. Senior year, finally became the starter and dislocated my ankle in the very first game. So I had, you know, very, very limited experience. I, I played high school football for two quarters, which is um, I did, one I of the – Holy cow. So that was uh, – that's one of my biggest, like, I wish that could have been different just because high school football was so fun with your buddies and Friday night lights. and um, But, I mean, at the same time, you got to look at it like that's probably what got me to where I am today. It made me become a walk-on, made me transition to tight end. You know, who knows? Maybe if I would have played well that year, I could have got a – small scholarship to go play quarterback that maybe that never would have worked out. Um, but I mean, it's all part of God's plan. And that's, that's something that I'm super thankful for, even though it's weird to say, but um, weirdly thankful for a dislocated ankle. So your sophomore junior year, you were hurt too, or what? You- well, sophomore and junior, I think going into my junior year, I was listed on the roster as like 5'11", 160. So, like, I was, you know, maybe even smaller than that. Maybe I was, like, 5'9". Honestly, I don't remember. I still got in the little roster somewhere. But, yeah, I was playing second-string quarterback, just never really developed. Um, you know, got some trash minutes at the end of the games. But um, finally, yeah, just grew a little bit going into senior year. I was, like, 6'3", 6'4". You know, 210 pounds, ready to compete. Finally was ready to go, and it just didn't work out the way I wanted it to. But in the grand scheme of things, I was, you know, I'm thankful for it. So sophomore, you're just on the JV team, I'm guessing? Or not even varsity? Yeah, JV as a sophomore, varsity as a junior, but only as the backup quarterback. How in the hell did you get a chance to even walk on anywhere? You know, what did they see in you to do that? Um, so what's funny is they had a – I think Ole Miss had one of their directors of recruiting at that first game my senior year um, recruiting a different guy, um, recruiting some tackle for the, against the team we were playing. Um, and my – the morning of my surgery, I got a call from Coach Freeze. I was like, why is Hugh Freeze calling me right now? But he was like, hey, man, I heard your story. I'm devastated for you. And he told me he had, like, a similar injury in high school or something. Um, and he was like, you know, we want to offer you a walk-on spot if you want it. We'd love to have you come visit Oxford. Um, and I was like, all right. I mean, I've never thought about being a walk-on, but – it's just good to have options. And then when I finally visited Ole Miss, I just fell in love with it. So, um, just crazy how things can happen like that. That growth spurt helped a little bit too. That's crazy. No question. Genetics. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Yeah. Did you play other sports? I can't remember that. Did you basketball or anything else? Did you um, show all that? Yeah. So, I mean, I played basketball my first couple of years, but, I just got to the point where going into my junior year, I was still going to be on JV basketball because I hadn't grown. I just I was over it. So I was like, I'm just going to focus on football. I ran track all four years, but 
But yeah, that was basically just a get fast for football. And you were a backup that junior year. I mean, you just didn't, you didn't even play. Didn't Not even defense play, yeah. or anything. No, no, I never touched defense because it's quarterback. You know, they don't, they don't want you touching that side of the ball. That lack of experience into, I get it could be a good thing. Like you said, I mean, maybe that's why. You yeah, I think, are. absolutely. I think the mental People can talk about tapping was, into it, but. Right. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Be sure to read everything that we have over at the newsletter, golongtd.com. Free and pay subscriptions available. We're chipping away at our pre-training camp series. And then, of course, a few weeks after that, we've got our kickoff series for the 2022 season. So a lot in store for you at Golong. I greatly, greatly appreciate your patronage, your readership, and most of all, just sharing this with a friend, with a family member. That's how we keep this thing growing. Hope everybody out there has a great weekend, and if I don't catch you, a fantastic July 4th.